Iron Man, Hulk, Iron Man 2, Thor. This is five. Did I miss one? The Hulk, Iron oh, Man. Oh, Captain Iron America. Man. This is six. Yeah, this is six. Yep. Right, write that down right now so you'll remember next one seven. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, Carrie, your mic is doing the. Uh, oh, no. The flippy, floppy, buzzy oh, shit. Oh, I was doing that earlier. Jared, I'll use my fucking headset mic. That better? Oh, wait. There you go. Okay, better? Yep, sounds great. Stupid goddamn headset mic. All right. Stupid. Everything. All right. Everybody working? Everybody good? I hope so. I think we're good. As much as I'd I'd like Carrie to sound like an extraterrestrial bug-like creature that might (laughs) or may not invade New York because it would be appropriate for this movie, eh, probably not good. We'd also like to just know what he has to say, right? No, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> nice. You know, the more you can say Mewling Quim, the the better it'll be. Oh, Mewling oh. Quim. You are listening to Cape Shit, a podcast taking a chronological and often spoiler-heavy look into the Marvel Cinematic Universe films, one film at a time. Okay, let's get this show on the road, gang. <laughs> Meet the sulky, over-bulky, kinda hulky superhero A two-fisted and electrically transistored superhero An exotically neurotic and aquatic superhero The Marvel superheroes have arrived Superpowered from the forehead to the toes Watch them change their very shape before your nose Arcane striking superhero Change to Viking superhero A humping and real swinging shield Clinging superhero They're the latest, they're the greatest Ultimatest superheroes The Marvel superheroes have arrived Alright, welcome to Cape Shit, episode 6 this is the podcast where we talk about the uh, Marvel movies, and this one we're talking about just a little one nobody really remembers. It's called The Avengers uh, from 2012. Uh, which one is this one? It's the first Avengers movie. If you don't remember it, then you were probably not alive when it came out, in which case you're either very young or you're listening to this many, many years into the future. And either way, it's presumably there's some kind of um, internet search thing that is probably not Google. Anyway, thank you for uh, listening. Uh, I am, again, my name is Daniel. I am joined by my regular co-host, Lee. Say hi, Lee. You and I remember Budapest very differently, Daniel. That we do. That we do. <laughs> and uh, our, I guess we have uh, four regular co-hosts at this point because we, we keep coming back. I'm joined by uh, Carrie. Say hi, Carrie. Hi, Carrie. Thanks for having me, Daniel. <laughs> and Greg. I'm always angry. That's my secret. Well, it's not really much of a secret, honestly, but, you know, that's fine. We're good. So, uh, yeah, today we are going to be talking about uh, The Avengers from 2012. Uh, again, just to put people into perspective, this was uh, the top movie the week it was released on May 4th, 2012. Uh, let's look at the uh, top five that weekend. Yes. Um Marvel's The Avengers was number one at $207 million. Uh, number two was at $8 million, Think Like a Man. Then below that, The Hunger Games. Four was The Pirates, Band of Misfits. And number five was The Lucky One. 
I think we all remember the Hunger Games, which have been in theaters for a while. I think uh, it's fair to say that the studios were completely avoiding this weekend that year. Yeah, like I'm I'm thinking, okay, so Hunger Games must have been in the theaters for a while before that, because there's no way they would try to even dare put it up against the Avengers, because they actually wanted to make money off the Hunger Hunger Games. (laughs) Right, yeah, the the Hunger Games have been out for a while. It had uh, been released uh, in March, actually, so wow, that's kind of amazing. Um, But anyway... So, um, yeah, we're going to be talking about that movie, and uh, it's one of the top grossing films of all time. It leads into the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. If this had flopped, the whole thing would have been crushed. Can I assume all of us saw this in theaters that, that summer? Indeed. I did uh, um, I saw it. I don't know if I saw it. In the- I can't remember. the. No, I didn't see it in theaters the first, first go around. I saw it in theaters a little while afterwards, I think. Okay, yeah, I think they did re-release this. I know I saw this at least twice theatrically that summer. Um, it was uh, this kind of massive hit. Um, let's just, uh, I don't know, let's start with you, Greg. When did you first see this, and what was your experience of it? <clears throat> well, I think it's going to be pretty much like me repeating myself at this point. I think I watched it fairly close to when it came out, within, let's say, two weeks, through some sort of means that wasn't a theater and wasn't a, sure. wasn't particularly of great quality and had... A bunch of Asian people walking in front of the camera, but <laughs> hey, it got the job done. And your uh, kind of general thoughts about the film? I like it. I probably don't like it as much as most people do. I rewatched it probably about five times, including I watched it about a month ago. I've never liked this movie as much as so many people do. I think this movie is incredibly influential, and I think the last 45 minutes or so of it is at least at the time, the best superhero action scene ever put on film. But I find the rest of the movie just really slow. It's a really slow buildup. I feel they probably could have trimmed about half hour off this movie, maybe 45 minutes, and you wouldn't have lost that much. So I like it, but if I were to give it a ranking throughout the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it would probably be somewhere in the middle, maybe even towards the bottom for me. Interesting. Carrie, your thoughts? Also, uh, when did you first see the film? I get, you said you saw it theatrically, but um, yeah, it was. Uh, I want to say I never, I never go see something right away. I like usually waiting about a week or a week and a half, and then going on a random day when no one's going to be there at a random time, and having like the theater to myself. Basically, mm. it happens yep. a lot here. But uh, so I saw it within two weeks or so of it coming out, and um, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I've seen it, fuck, probably got to be at least ten times by now, and yeah, like it's just there are slow parts to it. But they're kind of knit together with these great interactions with these heroes that have never been on screen together before. And it's just done so well. And there's so many great moments in the film throughout that, yeah, like for me, not the top Marvel movie that I've seen, but in the top five, probably. I'm a big fan of the movie. Lee, uh, when did you first see it? Your uh, general thoughts? I think I first. Uh, I think I rented this again. The first it was. It was either a rental or a fucking uh, like Greg an online special. Because I'm done assuming you got this on VHS in Canada. That was that's yeah. kind of oh, my yeah. assumption. Yeah. No, it was Betamax. Oh, oh, oh wow! I have like a copy on Laserdisc. It's awesome. Yeah, like <laughs> the Laserdisc was like 15 Laserdiscs, <laughs> both sides. Now, I'm imagining, like, the audio was on an 8-track, which you had to flip, and it came with, like, a little book where you could kind of look at the... No, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but I did see this in theaters and, like, a re-release or whatever the fuck. But, yeah, I like this a lot. Uh, I think it's one of the best of the Marvel films. It's one of the most fun, I think. Uh, it, it 
sets up a lot of the sort of uh, central concepts that would sort of go forward in like Winter Soldier and the other Avengers films. It really seriously sort of starts that Tony Stark is the guy who ends up basically creating all the villains for the Avengers up until right. Thanos shows up. And and I do like that. I like that everybody gets to shine a little bit in this. Everybody has their moments. And for me, it never really slowed down or dragged for me personally. I I thought it was a really breezy, like, two hours. Uh, it, it just, yeah, it's it just like two hours, long. 13 minutes or something like that is the, is the final runtime, which feels kind of short relative to the more recent yeah. Avengers films. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I sort of get where you're coming from, especially rewatching it. If you if you kind of rewatched it regularly, it takes its time resetting up everybody. Like, everybody kind of gets a moment at the beginning. But after about the 45-minute mark is where kind of Thor shows up and you really get kind of, like, your whole team is assembled. Everything's kind of kind of going and that's the and, and everything after that is almost kind of pure momentum. It just kind of it just kind of sets up a situation and then you just boom go. So like I, I can sort of see how like you know kind of rewatching it regularly, you kind of be like, yeah, I don't necessarily want to like rewatch that first that first like little bit. But really, once you get started, um, much more so than the more recent films, I think it does you know kind of deliver a, a constant you know a constant sort of action experience. I think this probably has more action like a higher percentage of action and better quality action than than any other um film in this uh, series honestly which kind of works uh, positively and negatively depending on how you feel about it i'm wondering uh this one was directed by joss whedon uh do, does anyone have a particularly strong opinion one way or the other about joss whedon before i shit all over him absolutely not i i i like i've never really watched any of the whedonverse shows when I was, I never watched Buffy or any of that other kind of stuff. So this didn't mean anything to me when I saw he was directing it. I was like, it's the Avengers fucking, I don't know, some trying to think of a terrible director, but I don't, I don't really know a lot about film, but anyway, it's some, some unknown crappy directors made nothing but crap for his entire life could be the director of the Avengers. And I would still go see the Avengers kind of thing. Right. So right. I it didn't yeah. matter to me at all. I like his writing generally uh, for what I can, like, I don't follow him on, twitter or whatever so i know i know he ran into some like issues of being basically just a a weird dick on on twitter and shit like that i've I've heard some of the stories i'm like oh well that sucks i mean i still like his writing and i can separate the art from the artist kind of thing but i I like buffy the vampire slayer i like angel I, i like cabin in the woods stuff like that you know so a lot of the stuff he's been involved in creatively i've i've generally liked I mean, he does sort of bring, like, as far as, like, interpersonal character dynamics and stuff that you sort of see in this film. I, I feel like he's got a bit of his touch on that to some extent. But, but you know, other than that, it's like, yeah, I, I hear he's probably not a great dude in real life, but, uh, yeah. He's a bit of a dick. I mean, he kind of gets this uh, reputation as being the, uh, you know, the, this, you know, in the 90s, he was that kind of, like, great, like, kind of male feminist hope sort of thing uh, because he had the uh, stunning... Uh, idea of uh, having uh, women in his TV shows that would kick ass, and that's kind of as far as his feminism ever really went. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, okay. and and so you know, and he's kind of he was kind of addicted to his wife and all that sort of thing, which we don't really have to get into those issues. I find uh, Whedon to be like this incredibly like effective 
uh, writer director on a scene for scene level. Like he delivers sort of entertaining product that's ultimately very empty thematically. And also he leans way too heavily on uh, snark and on his sort of like clever, witty banter dialogue, regardless of whether it really fits into the, the kind of the, the, the mouths of the characters or not. And that's something that really kind of like strikes me on the rewatch. And it's something that like kind of becomes the, the pattern that we're going to see as these series progresses is that um, we end up with a bunch of like kind of witty bantering white guys standing around and witty bantering at each other and a lot of the character interactions. So yeah, that's my completely uh, non-controversial opinion about Joss Whedon there. The other thing I'll say about him, uh, I don't, I don't know anything about Joss Whedon. I know he did Buffy. I enjoyed Cabin in the Woods and that's really my only opinion of him is I thought that was a good movie. Sure. I guess we could delve into the characters a little bit. Um, any any kind of particular uh, character bits that you liked, didn't like, anybody that you, anything that you kind of, any, any kind of thoughts about kind of individual elements of the film? Um, we'll uh, start with you, Lee. I really like uh, Scarlett Johansson here, Black Widow. I think she gets quite a bit to do, considering, uh, you know, she's stuck in the Hawkeye position where they're the non-superpowered members of the team so the movie actually seems like it focuses on both of them a lot more like trying to make them like they're really cool guys come on now that they, they, they can't knock buildings down but here but here's why they're really cool and why you should respect them and and i do like it sort of sets up her sort of eventual relationship with the hulk which they kind of just blow by the by the end of the second film <laughs> right. which sucks but i like that they get a little bit more into them and they sort of ground it because it's these are the humans among the gods kind of thing so it, it kind of you know it gives the viewer someone they can kind of relate to a bit more because i mean you can't really relate to thor in any sort of fashion other than <laughs> oh really cool he, he just knocked that guy across the fucking city that's awesome He's got uh, a big hammer, and they're not talking about his penis. So, yeah. You know. huh. Although, you know, there, there's there's obviously characters who speculate in further movies. Um, <laughs> right. But uh, I also like Tony Stark. His continued arc is in this. You know, it's they, they try to make him more of a central focus of the, the Avengers. Although I still kind of I still kind of feel like Captain America is still kind of the central uh, central key figure here, even though. You know he's he's still the hero, and Tony Stark is still trying to be that hero uh, when when it all comes down to it. And I like Captain America trying to adjust. He's got no life anymore, so he's trying to build a new life by being the leader of this team. And yeah, I think there's some good interpersonal relationships between those characters. Uh, I know you're not a big fan of Loki, Daniel, but I think he's really great in this. Uh, I think I love... he. I think this is the best he ever is. Honestly, yeah, I, I would. Uh, I, and I liked him more upon rewatching it now than I did like upon earlier watches. So uh, I love how he's just he's this guy who's out of his depth, and he's only in the game because of his cunning and sort of guile. He's he's like very desperate to hang on to some sort of power and get his revenge, but he's playing a really short sighted game. At the end of the day, it's like. Yeah, Thanos is just going to kill your ass after they did this. <laughs> like, I mean, come on, let's get real, right? I mean, even Thanos's fucking servant there is way more powerful than you and can fuck you up at any moment. So it's right. like, so it's like he he's really just getting getting by by the skin of his teeth, and he's constantly fucked with in this film. Like he keeps. He keeps doing the typical Loki thing where he's got a big head and he's like, "I'm gonna rule you" and all that shit, and then he just gets his ass handed to him, 
and he does try to you know play clever like i, I do love those things where he's, he he thinks he's broken black widow at one point where it's just a ruse to get information out of him to find out what his play is and all that stuff and i like all that stuff like i think that stuff works really well uh and again like i said it's it is talky shit like it's it's just characters talking and doing exposition and stuff but i don't feel like it drags no it's all done really well the character interactions like I, yeah, the character interactions are great they're all they're so great they're so much good so much good <laughs> <laughs> do you have any one in particular you'd like to highlight there Carrie? oh there's a bunch like again like the loki scarlet witch one's fantastic when Scarlet Witch initially goes, Black Widow. that's what I meant. Sorry, Black Widow when she first goes and uh, grabs Bruce Banner, that whole cabin scene is really, really. Oh well yeah, done. no, that's one when of he, the best, like, when he like, like fakes yeah. her out and stuff, and like yeah. all the, and he's like, I just wanted to see, see. and then there's uh the when Captain America meets Thor with the hammer down, and yeah. that that was glorious, and even just like when Thor and Tony Stark first meet there, and he like supercharges his armor with the lightning, and he's like, oh. All right then. Yeah, power so, level three hundred percent or whatever the fuck. Like, yeah. yeah. There's so many parts. Then like uh Captain America and Iron Man later on trying to fix the helicarrier. And Iron Man's trying to talk all this tech talk to Captain America and he's just like, uh, it looks like it's powered by electricity. Yeah. <laughs> Some sort of electricity. There's well, so, you're not wrong. Yeah, so many good 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 moments like that. Very, very, very memorable film overall yeah. for sure. Greg, any particular uh, character moments or any uh, thing you'd like to highlight here in this uh, portion um, of the conversation? Well, I would say in general, I love Mark Ruffalo in this. It's the first time he was the Hulk, obviously, and I think he was so much better than Edward Norton. I really feel he's... I really don't feel the series would be the same without him if, like, Edward Norton was continuing uh, on with the role. Well, again, going back, going back to what you said when you started, when you joined... You said the, the the line from when he like transforms and yeah. I'm always angry and then the, when he one shots that fucking thing yeah, that, that was awesome. Oh no, it's they're they're uh, like rewatching this. There are three or four moments in this film that are among my like top ten favorite moments from any like that was MCU one of the, film. One of the things know? in the Edward Norton Hulk movie was they never they made Hulk look like he was straining to pick up a tank. When like <laughs> right. and, and this one, it, this is the first time they really kind of got Hulk right on film, where they just like boom one shot. Greg, I apologize, I kind of cut you off. Please continue. I'm sorry. That's okay. I, I'll mention sort of. I guess I'm going to disagree with Daniel a little bit on this. I didn't particularly like Loki in the role. Part of my reason why I've never been that big of a fan of this movie is that I just feel the villains are bad. Like I don't feel Loki's good in it. Uh, and I actually disagree with you again in that I think Loki actually becomes a better character. I think he's fantastic in Thor Ragnarok. For the little he's in uh, Infinity Wars and Endgame, I think he's good in those. Uh, I actually liked him in Thor 2, even though it's not a particularly great movie. I don't like him in this. and uh, I, don't... I just get bored with him. Like, I, will kinda, I, get, I get tired I, of him. I will kind of agree with Greg to disagree with you on this being Loki's best entry. I, I agree with Greg in that... He, Loki's character development throughout till the end when he, you know, spoiler to anybody, when Thanos snaps his neck. I, I think I think he did a really good job overall. I think that it's a so here's where I land on and, and again, like I've never really been a huge like Loki fan. And not and it's not even like like I don't like Tom Hiddleston. I think Tom Hiddleston does 
what he does. And I think that Loki is a perfectly fine character. I kind of have an issue with anytime there's a sense of a villain in these movies, they always seem like kind of underpowered relative to like the brute force of just what the Avengers can bring. That like it never seems like the villains measure up to well, that, that's, until... that's that's why they give Loki the Thanos army, the Chitari. Right, right. So, they give him the Chitari. They kind of right, right. equalize it a bit. But yeah, like but, uh, uh, it... Loki can maybe, like Loki can one-on-one Captain America possibly. Um, he went decently one-on-one with for, with Thor for a bit there. But like if he couldn't fight uh, fucking the Hulk, did the Hulk would like destroy him. Right. Or even, I, even, I, I, even I guess Iron it's Man more... would make the best of him. I guess it's more like thematically and sort of, uh, you know, kind of more in terms of, you know, kind of this guy really shouldn't have like, you know, the script does him a lot of favors here by like, you know, you mentioned the moment where like he, he, uh, Black Widow fools him, but in reality, it's all like a big plan that he has to like fake being fooled. And then ultimately it's all like a thing where he's been manipulating behind the scenes and he has this like sort of intimate knowledge of her, which is ultimately just built on like make Bruce Banner mad enough to like tear the machine apart from the inside, which seems it's just one of those like screenwriting conceits because Joss Whedon can make Loki yeah. that brilliant he just is, but it just doesn't really make fact, any going sense. Back to that, you Loki, know? Loki did kind of he outsmarted Thor when he got Thor to jump into the Hulk right. cage and then dropped him. And then we all I'll go, gotta at least mention the death for like what a year or so of Agent Coulson. Coulson, yeah. Like well, when yeah. that actually happened, like he was built up. He was in like what? Uh, what he wasn't in the first Iron Man. Well, did he, no, did he, he was in the second one. He, that where he, the, that's where he first popped up, right? Yeah, he's in the second one. And he's in Thor, and he's not in the Incredible Hulk. But no, but yeah, but still, like the, he was kind of built up as this uh, the non Nick Fury or Maria Hill, the the everyman kind of Shield character. That was I mean, kind ultimately, of, I always think he's the real badass of the film because he's the completely, uh, the completely mild mannered like middle manager. Who nonetheless like stands uh, oh, alongside yeah. demigods, you know? Yeah, so, and again, like, well, like, like, like he, he blasted fucking Loki away. Yeah, well, right. he's, he's fearless. Well, he, he he has no doubt at all. This the Avengers team, as they're assembling, they're they're fighting amongst each other. They have doubts about whether they can even do this. Coulson has no doubts at all. He just plugs ahead. <laughs> Well, and he's a Captain America fanboy, which is always a, a fun thing, you know. <laughs> he's got all the trading cards. He's got the trading look, cards, look, you know. Look, I have the trading cards. I just thought of that. You can't see him on the. You can't see him because the podcast. But there are blood on them. They aren't even opened. But no, there's oh. no blood on them. But I actually oh. have like blood on them. Oh, that's a, awesome. A, a, a official prop replica. <laughs> wow. They came in like a loot crate or something a few years ago. Although that should lead to the discussion of uh, Nick Fury. And, and I think this is the deepest this series ever gets into. Well, outside of Winter Soldier, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. Winter Soldier. I, I kind of know where you're going with this. And yeah, Winter this Soldier is the one where we really have to dig this into is, this. But, yeah. yeah, this is the deepest this goes into government and military abuse of power and not trusting them and all this stuff. Like it, it gets into the sort of paranoid conspiracy stuff where Nick Fury manipulates just like Loki, he's manipulating the team, but for his goals instead of, you know, Loki's goals. And so the team's being manipulated on both sides. And, 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 and of course, because it's a Marvel movie and because it costs $220 million and because it's written by Joss Whedon, there's absolutely no thematic weight given to this at all. No, it's, it's just like at the end of it, it's like, all right, I mean... You, you you dipped uh, Coulson's... Well, they don't learn this. They never learn this, which is actually kind of one of the cool things of the 
sort of Marvel movies, they never like see Coulson again, even though Coulson comes back in the TV series and stuff. But you know, they the, the Avengers never are clued in, as far as I know, to Coulson being brought back. Uh, uh, at one point, I watched uh, the I watched Agents of Shield for a couple seasons, and I don't know, I just never I missed a season and. Just haven't. Some I want to get back caught up though because it seems pretty good. There was an episode where the, the I guess she'd be would she be dead now? The girl Thor's girlfriend, not girlfriend, but girlfriend who was part of like the Warriors Three. Seth was it? Seth? Yeah, Seth. 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 She was in an episode of the Hot One. Shield. The Hot One. But but then when I think about it, in Ragnarok, were they not? Was she? Was she there? No, she wasn't no. in Ragnarok. They just completely, they didn't explain what happened to her in Ragnarok. Yeah. So the, when, other, the other three were in Ragnarok and they all died. Spoiler. Yeah, because I just think when Hela comes into the thing, she's like, yeah, blah, 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 kills everyone right away. And I thought it was, I thought she was with them for some reason. But yeah, she's yeah. just weird. But I mean, she she probably had no idea who Coulson was in relation to fucking Thor. So she probably never would have told him anyway. That's right, a valid you know? point. So, yes, that's. But, yep. but yeah, so it, like it, it gets into that, uh, you know. Nick Fury is manipulating them and he's developing weapons from the Tesseract and stuff like that behind everyone's back. Uh, and then, you know, Captain America and uh, goes into his own investigation to, you know, discover whether this shit's happening or not. Tony Stark right off the bat already knows. He's like, I don't trust fucking Fury. Fuck this guy. So he's like planting bugs on the only I only I can build weapons. Yes. Tony Stark says the, the scene where he's playing Galaga. Yeah, and the guy and he's actually uh-huh. playing Galaga. That was pretty funny. But he has that little tiny whatever, and he puts it on the side of the monitor. Well, he, yeah, yeah, right away. It's uh, like... That's one of like a couple of uh, improvisions by uh, uh, Robert Downey Jr. that were actually written into the script afterwards. Uh, oh, really? He, he he just did that line, and then it's like, well, we should shoot a scene where we actually see that guy playing Galaga. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, because like from uh, from what I've read and stuff, uh, the the way the Marvel universe is done. A lot like people aren't allowed to really like it's like it's written like this. This is how we want it to be done. Don't change a thing. But it's nice to know that there are the little well, little uh, leniences for and Robert, it, I guess Robert Downey Jr. Jr. Yeah, pretty yeah. important. Yeah, yeah. Like another scene he improvised was uh, you know where they're talking on the air carrier or whatever in the lab, and he just pulls out a like a packet of freeze dried blueberries or whatever the fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That that was that was just apparently he was hiding food around the set the entire shoot that people couldn't <laughs> find and he just pulled that out and, and they just improvised him you know it's like you know blueberry blueberry you know like it wasn't scripted or anything that's that's actually awesome because yeah the, those scenes worked out very well <laughs> yeah well it's a very actorly thing to do and it's a very like like and that's the thing that these films kind of like despite the I mean you know. We've seen super huge budget action movies before, although like rarely on this scale. But um, what the MCU seems to get is like like giving the actors time to kind of interact with each other is often uh, much more interesting and entertaining, and it like makes the the action scenes just sort of work, you know. And so so it, it does it does kind of make sense that they give the actors a little bit of room to kind of do that kind of thing. Um, and it also kind of fits into sort of Whedon's strengths, which are, you know, just sort of like letting actors, uh, you know, tell jokes and kind of do bullshit. So, yeah. you know. The stuff I read about it being very, very hardline was more recent. So this movie being 
like seven years ago at this point, may, maybe. Well, and I think it's and again, just different director too. Now that I think the uh, who are they the the brothers Russo that are brothers. Actually, Russo yeah, brothers. Yeah, they, they yeah, might be more hardline. I don't know. Actually, I think the mandate for the sort of the hardline stuff is more pushed on the directors than it is the actual actors. Like the actors are given sort of more free reign to do stuff if they want to, but the directors have to follow that. This is the direction the MCU is going. These are the big story beats. These have to be in the film. It has to be this way. But but I mean, when you well, break down to, to the lowest look, it has to look a certain way. It has yeah. to all fit. And yeah. like like uh, I actually, I mean, I, I, ignore, I ignore everything I, just, I I said previously because you you and your goddamn logic and stuff just made it all irrelevant. So. Well, that's, that's, yeah, that's what we do. <laughs> just ignoring our co-hosts, which we've been doing to Greg. I feel like, Greg, you haven't had a chance to talk. You should jump in a little bit more there, buddy. <laughs> He's only been in like 12% of this podcast right now. Yeah, that's only right. 12%. Only 12%. No, that's a... Oh, we'll, we should talk about that scene. Lee, I'm sure you have feelings about that scene. Uh, Greg, <laughs> uh, thoughts? Uh, anything that uh, we've been talking about uh, to, to this point? No, not really. I kind of uh, just going along for the ride. Awesome. I completely interrupted the flow of the podcast to give you a chance to talk and you had nothing. This is nothing. I'm I'm very proud of you. I'm very proud of you. Yeah. It's great. It's great. You you are definitely contributing twelve percent of this podcast. Lee, I would work. you like to would you like to talk about Gwyneth Paltrow and her scene in this film? First I'm presuming off, I, you have thoughts. First off, I think it's really, really funny that uh if you if you notice she's she's not wearing shoes and Apparently, Robert Downey Jr. is in, like, uh, three-inch fucking lifts on his shoes, so he can be a bit taller than her. Right? He's, a really? short, he's a short That's... motherfucker in real you life. Can, yeah. You can notice that, really? Yeah. Now, Lee, I'm, I'm assuming Lee has, like, played and replayed this scene you know, in slow motion many times. That's, oh, I've, I've, I've studied, I've studied every inch of redheaded Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> like, yeah. like, let's, let's not go, let's not. I, redheaded, I, I, like I, I snarky deny, like... redheaded Gwyneth Paltrow in short shorts. And oh yeah. You have, to put, you have to put the fact that she's actually getting Gwyneth Paltrow and that, then you have to put the whole goop thing out of your mind. Just, you have I to do. Pretend that, yeah. And I just, just There's... like, as, as she is in that, like you want, you want her, you want her to be not going to, you want, you want her to be pepper pots for the movie. And there's it'd be a, like hell yes. Yeah. There, there, there's, there's other goop involved, but that's at the end of it. Um, <laughs> no, but she's uh, incredibly attractive in this in her brief time that she's in it, and I'm just like, oh my god, why are you even bothering with the Avengers? Just go with Pepper Potts and fucker. Who? No, just, I, I, just... I have to, I have to still put uh, Scarlett Johansson above, in my opinion, for sexiest level. Like the, the first scene where like she gets the phone call, and she's like, mm-hmm. like you just. Talk and just getting all the information from the guys, and you're like, "Well, you can't do anything. Like you're in a fucking trapped to a chair." And she's like, "You get, get just fucking destroys them all out of nowhere." That for was, me, that was for my yeah, she no, whip, she's... she whip, would she whip the guy with her hair? That was yeah. That no, guy. she looks great, and also that like that. Uh, I think that's the first time I've seen that uh, chair stunt scene, scene where where she does like the, the backflip while still in the chair and like breaks it on a dude. I've seen that in films afterwards. Like it's been that that's actually. It feels like that's been influential in future did, action. Did films. Drew Barrymore do not, not do that in uh, Charlie's Angels? Did she? I fe- 
Maybe, uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like some indie or somewhere somebody must have done it, that. You know, it was probably done in like a Hong Kong action film in the nineties. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like that, yeah. You had John Woo made that happen or something. Yeah. No, you're. Jackie, I mean, I, Jackie just... Chan probably did it for real at some point in his life. Yeah. <laughs> Not even on camera. He just did it as practice <laughs> for a real stunt. So like, you know. No, no, he, no. He's, he's actually been kidnapped multiple times and got himself free every time. Yeah. No, that's how that works. Yeah. No. Uh, no. I, I would I would like highlight again rewatching this and and like you know I was I was kind of like you know we're doing these in order and so I was kind of on the like well we got to do the Avengers and you know like liked it at the time but it really hasn't like held up in my memory so much I'm not it's got some great stuff in it but I wasn't looking forward to really rewatching it rewatching it you know it really is I noticed just how much there's a lot of really great action stuff that happens in between the other great action stuff you can look at almost any shot in this and there's like some kind of like amazing stunt happening or some kind of amazing kind of thing. Like it's just filled to the brim with cool shit to look at, you know, during the big, huge end of the movie fight in New York scene, there's all these different, like when captain America, the scene with the cop dude, do this, do this. And he's like, who the fuck are you? And then all of a sudden he's like, blah, blah, blah. And just like wipes, just wipes the floor with four or five alien guys. And the cops just like, do exactly what that guy said. Fucking this and that, and then he's like, and, he, and, he, and then he saves the random chick who gets the right. random screen time out of nowhere and the bomb scene and stuff. And yeah, they were they were supposed to like she's supposed to be a character in the like the later movies, and then they it, just kind of it, it's it one of those like plot she was going to be like a potential yeah. love interest or something that was a kind of the, act, the actress who played her. I don't know her name off the top of my head, but I think she's a fairly well known uh, voice actress in uh, video games. I don't don't know her name off the top of my head, but she, isn't that Evan Rachel Wood? She's been in something else. I, I she she isn't like completely obscure. When I saw her, I was like, I know her from something. So she's been around somewhere, but yeah, like it's, it seemed to me like they were setting up maybe a potential up love interest for a future movie or something. And it's just she's there. They give the interview thing at the end of the movie, and then that's nothing. If yeah, you if you look up her credits, you'll see her in, in a lot of probably games you've probably heard her in, but not actually yeah. realize it was actually her. Yeah, no. um, a, a lot of voice actors do games that you'd never know. It's crazy. I'll just say going back, I think I was talking about this earlier and Carrie probably interrupted me as he sometimes does. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay, man. We're all uh, a bunch of drunks. No, uh, I was speaking about Loki earlier. I didn't like him as a villain. I'm going to say my second part is I don't really like the whole army as a villain. That's the other part of the movie that didn't work. For that's, that. uh, that's a problem I have with it. That, actually, that's one of the few problems I have with this film is that it actually sets up the... It, re- it really sets up the trope going forward in these films of fighting the faceless army of whatevers that don't really <laughs> matter kind of yeah, thing, you know? And I, well, and, 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 it and does, the it does giant thing wrong. falling from the sky at the same time. Yeah. You know, like, it's, you know, it, it sets up a lot of tropes we're going to see over and over again for the next... Certainly through Phase 2, they just kind of repeat this. It's almost as if this was one of the biggest films of all time, and they went, just do that thing again. Just, yeah. just, uh, you got a book of cliches. Yeah, it's fucking ten, ten chapters long. Yeah, every single one. Put it in the movie. Yeah, there's a lot, you know, there's a lot, a lot of movie cliches. Well, in there. And I know yeah. you find out later that it's like Thanos's army because I'm pretty sure it's the exact same army they fight in Endgame, just on a bigger scale. But it just, well, I don't they know, seem they're, they're they're different creatures. They're they're are different. They different? Well, yeah. yeah, they've yeah. got a couple more arms or some shit. I'm, I'm pretty, pretty, pretty sorry. There's I'm pretty a, sure a... that Tony Stark, when he did the nuke thing at the end of the movie, and like they all just went brain dead. I'm pretty sure he just, although at the same time, 
You might be right, Greg, because I'm thinking right now in Endgame, the big fucking crazy, huge flying. Yeah, the worm things are the they, same. They were there, but the aliens looked different for sure. Well, maybe, maybe it's like just different versions of them. It's the same alien race or same group of I, aliens, but just know. a few more of them added or something. But yeah, it's kind of, I don't know, to me it was kind of boring. They never really fleshed out who they were. And I, I mean, I guess what can you expect, right? Like, I mean, they're not going to have, you know, a couple thousand different evil Ran- villains or something to fight, but... Ran- random odd fact, the Chitari were never in any Marvel comics or anything <laughs> at all until there was a couple obscure movies released in the uh, mid-2000s, I think. They were animated Marvel movies called The Avengers, and then there was a sequel. And the Chitari, the Chitari were the villains in one of those animated movies. And that was the first time they were ever in anything Marvel. Ooh, and, they, and, 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 and somehow that's how they, and they, and they made it well, into the, this movie. I read, uh, I, while I was reading some uh, background on this, apparently the Chitari was another name for the uh, scrolls that eventually show up much later in the MCU. It was just like another name that they were known by, apparently, in the comics very early on. And uh, originally they had the idea that maybe they wanted to have the Skrulls as the invading army, but Josh Whedon didn't want shapeshifters in this movie because it was well, they already I, had too much plot going on. Well, so. yeah, it would that would have been a terrible way to end that. Like again, going back to what Nick said a while ago, this movie they they couldn't let this flop. This had to make it and build up like build up the. The momentum that's already kind of am getting I there. am I Nick Fury? Cold. Is that is that what you is you just called me Nick? I think. You know am what? Am I missing an eye? I don't know what happened to me. No, yeah. you're Nick Lowe. <laughs> no, that, 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 Nick Fury. No, it, it, He's got two eyes. Slightly, that, slightly more, more badass than Nick, Nick Fury. Yeah, I'm yeah. calling you Nick Fury. That's what it is. Yes, for sure. 100. Yeah. percent There we go. <laughs> uh, yeah, the yeah. actress we were referring to earlier is Ashley Johnson. Uh, who has indeed been in a bunch of video games. So, yeah. Yeah. Nice. And, I mean, why make her Captain America's potential love interest when he could be possibly fucking, like, his grandniece or whatever the fuck? Yeah, because why not? Yeah, or or, or his, his his past love interest's grandniece they, or whatever. They kinda, you know what? There's they been kinda... enough lineage, like, what, two generations now? I feel like the, the DNA is, like... Well, no, there's there's no there's no there's no mixture of DNA. It's it's just creepy that it's, he starts having almost an affair with the the niece or granddaughter or whatever. Of, well, you uh, got to think too. Now that Endgame happened, was was the Hulk right about the past not affecting the? Because like may, maybe Tony, maybe Captain America actually went back, and then he got with her, and then maybe that is actually. And then and then he kissed her and stuff like it's. So you're saying he kissed his daughter? Maybe. But it wasn't, wasn't it his niece, his niece though? I don't think it was daughter that he slept with. Well, yeah, no. There's a couple generations removed there, so I'm thinking like. Well, yeah, grand, but since his, that he kissed his granddaughter. There's some weird shit. What, what you're saying is that Captain America got nasty in the pasty. Is all. <laughs> What he's po he's poaching a joke a joke for the Futurama fans out there. Which... Yeah, he he's he's poaching. Uh, the, the 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 bottom line is he's poaching from the uh, the bloodline of that the female bloodline of that family. This is and kind of, that that was kind of the whole thing I was going off of was the whole Futurama thing it was this, like if this was a horror movie, Captain America would be a vampire and he'd be like seducing women for generations from some family bloodline kind of thing. <laughs> Uh, we'll, we'll get into all this when we do end game in like two years it's gonna be great there you go well, go ahead greg meanwhile if you want your incest go watch back to the future yeah, yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> Although not, not full on, so you know, it's not like they she comes on to him and he's like, Oh no, but well, again, well, I guess they, they make out a bit in the car, don't they? And then that's it. And then she's like, It's like kissing my brother. And then well, okay, well, okay, sorry. If you want the full on incest, I'm sure the internet can help you out. Okay, I don't know, yeah. I don't know I'm sure there's a porn parody somewhere. I don't know, I don't know. There might there might be some weird porn on the internet somewhere. I don't know, like it's possible. I don't know, it's Googleable, I'm sure. But uh, probably not something we should be talking about on this podcast. <laughs> we may have gotten off topic a little bit. We might, yeah. Once we get to like, let's talk about the intricacies of Back to the Future. Like again, we're gonna cover Endgame. There's another like place where we can talk about Back yeah. to the Future, yes. where it's explicitly yes. referenced. So, yeah, I feel like I mean I don't know. There's so much we could talk about, but uh, what do people want to talk about? Lee, any any uh, particular moments or any particular elements you'd like to uh, discuss while we're uh, while we're here on this? Uh, no, I feel I feel like we're kind of wrapping up. Um, the only two other things I just mentioned that I do like from this film, that sort of, the whole Iron Man grab the missile and take it up into the portal thing, that sequence reminds me totally of the Dark Knight, uh, where Batman gets on the jet that's with the bomb in it or whatever, and he flies out over the fucking ocean. Oh, that's, blow the, it up. that's the Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Or Rises, yeah, whatever. The, that Did that come up before film. this or after this? I think it was after, wasn't it? Yeah, no, I think so. Yeah, so, you know, Christopher Nolan, you fucking hack. Um, uh-huh. and, uh, oh, hold on, I, hold on. We gotta check this. I think they came out the same, same year. They both came out the same year. It came out a month after. <laughs> really? Christopher really? Nolan, you hack. Oh! Oh, that's that's wow. hilarious, actually. He reshot that scene real quick. Yeah, Christopher went, Nolan, went, you you piece of garbage. I went to uh, the Dark Knight Rises Dark is clearly the lesser film. I yeah, went. I went. I, went I made the mistake of going to the theater and seeing that, and I did, I made the mistake of going with a friend. He was like, "Let's go see it now," and it was like during the He's opening. Not your friend anymore. I I had to that yeah yeah actually I had to sit <laughs> I had to sit in like the front one of the front three rows, which I don't do like and just sit like this. Like just looking straight up at the goddamn screen the whole time. I saw oh, I saw the first Lord of the Rings movie at a midnight showing, the night it was released because like some like people I knew from work were going after work, and so I went to the midnight showing and sat in the front row far oh. and sat like, for a three hour movie, and that was an amazing film experience. But it was literally at the end I was like, well now I'm just gonna like not be able to. Hold my head straight for you know. Yeah, because like you're that close, you got to move your head so much. It was just, it was just ridiculous. This movie though, I don't know, like, uh, oh, like I'd say, like, a, there's a couple scenes where the whole fixing the uh, helicarrier scene after the explosion. I feel like you couldn't just fix that like he did, kind of thing. <laughs> like, like take well, out I some feel like broken it's, shit, it's, it's, it's and reconnect Tony these Stark. wires, and woo. And I understand, but even so, it's a fucking helicarrier. It's this. It's it's got to be one of the most complex pieces of engineering ever created, and well, he could just be like actually created by Tony Stark, and so like ultimately it's like like oh, half. Okay, like, yes, yeah. So yeah, know, like, that's Tony the whole Stark like Stark is Tony that. Stark's superpower is not like the suit. Yeah. Tony Stark's superpower is like he's it's, the it's his brain. It's he's his the brain. uber engineer. Ultimately, is, you know. Yeah, I kind of wonder what the whole problem with that was because it's okay. Yeah, you you've lost one engine. You're in bad shape. Just land the fucking thing. The whole point was so yeah. they lose one engine and then like they let loose the Hulk to like destroy it from the inside and then like to, also they're gonna hack it. I mean it's ultimately like 
while you're sitting and watching the film, and this is this is, I mean, again, both the strength and the weakness of Josh Sweden. There's there's refrigerator logic, right? And like for anybody who doesn't know that term, you know, the idea. No, no, yeah. the idea is like everything works fine while you're watching it. You're completely just kind of on board with the process as it unfolds. And then like two hours later, you get home, you're kind of sitting on your couch, and then you go to the refrigerator uh, for a beer, and you go like, holy shit, why did that happen the way it did? And the plot is designed with precision to give us action scene, action scene, action scene, action scene. It's all thoroughly entertaining. But so... So like let's let's get ourselves into Loki's mind here, okay? Even the so, Mind Stone, though, like that's that's never even really explained, which I I was kind of annoyed by that, like how he has a scepter and you don't even know what the hell this thing like they're they're, they're they really haven't even explained they have really haven't even said like they haven't they they've hinted at the Infinity Stones, but it's not even really a thing yet in the universe. Right, There's right. a Tesseract and Loki's scepter, which I apparently mean, it's, it's has space the mind. magic. And, space magic. You know, they yeah, don't, he, like, like, he touches you, know. you, and then the whole scene where like he does it to Tony Stark. That was actually pretty funny, where he's like, "No, no, I, I do want to talk about that scene before before we're done." But the whole thing is like the the logic of, and so then we're gonna have Hawkeye come in and like hack the thing from the inside to shut down the other engine. But we don't know that that's a th- like it just it strikes like the whole thing is just like sowing chaos from within the Avengers team, which is the only reason they even got together is because Loki showed up. If Loki was just a little bit more low key, low key, low key <laughs> see what there. Uh, uh, he he could have like saved a lot of lives and probably like taken over the world like reg- like it is just it is just this sort of I don't know there's a lot of like just the plotting elements where you just I just certain think about it and it's like yeah I don't know like yeah this is a movie where there's a guy who can like draw down lightning with a hammer and yet I find it vaguely implausible that character motivations work the way they do. <laughs> um, yeah. I have uh, two other quick elements uh, that I'd like to cover here. Just, um, I feel like uh, Captain America is a little bit badly written. Kind of one of those things. Like I love Cap as a character. I kind of feel like they write him as like a little bit of a kind of an old fashioned fuddy duddy. I mean, the line like, you know, there's only one God, ma'am. And he doesn't dress like that. Just feels like a little bit of a like. It's a good line. That wasn't that was fuddy duddy. That was just them being like, Let, let's give the religious people a little something, something. It felt like to me. Like I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like that line. Not for the fuddy duddy reason, but because of this, the whole putting the god into it. Like Captain Captain America, he's done what he's done. He's super enhanced. All this shit. Really, he's still like saying his I mean, prayers every night. I I don't know I mean, if he's but like this that. Is, uh, this is a plot element though that goes through the the next couple Avengers films and stuff though, where he sort of he he kind of shucks a lot of that like awkwardness and stuff. Like he starts to wake up to the realities of the new world and stuff. But and, we like, don't really see it from him in the in the first Avenger. The you know, swearing is, kind yeah. of thing that happens in uh, the second Avengers thing, where he's like, someone says shit language, and then at some, later on, yeah. in the, he he's saying shit and stuff. So yeah, it, he does, it, he, feels, like, there it is. feels like Whedon has like kind of an image of Captain America that well, doesn't really match the other Avengers. But, but again, the other, the, again yeah. though, you're saying the fuddy duddy thing, like it does, it is kind of applicable because this does pick up right after at the end of Captain America, he's in that gym, blah blah blah, and in this movie, that scene is played out yeah so i mean like he, he, I, I he guess, is basically freshly out of the fucking 
cryogenic sleep he was in kind of thing. I'm so. on board with that as sort of a, like, yeah, we can sort of justify it, whatever, but it still doesn't really match the, like, version of the character that we saw in the first Avenger. And, like, I don't know, it just... But the idea that he's like explicitly religious, I mean, just, I don't know. Like, it's just, uh, I again, don't, I don't know if they ever, I don't know if, I don't even know if, if he's even explicitly religious as he is just kind of like casually Christian kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, maybe that, yeah, like someone but, says, but something from a, I mean, in the context of like though. 2012, you know, in, in, you know, like there's only one God, man, and he doesn't dress like that is a little bit like, you know, the, the Christian gut, Jesus ain't no pansy, ma'am. Like, it's a little <laughs> bit sort of like, particularly uh, you you drench it in sort of the, like, jingoistic, like, kind of American militarism stuff. And If, like, if, you, just ignore, that, if you just ignore that one line, I feel like Captain America's fine. I feel like also the, <laughs> like, he's arguing about, oh, we have to obey orders thing, which... Yes, we have to obey orders and and disobey our uh, moral convictions. Yes, that is completely what Captain America is all about. In, like in uh, Captain in Captain America, his movie, he went off on his own and saved everybody, basically. Right. Disobeying all the so disobeying, yeah like, yeah like, no it, so it feels he, it feels out of character for him to like that. really trust Nick Fury in in that degree. Anyway, it's just kind of like I feel like it's just Joss Whedon has a vision of the character. It sort of works in in the movie, you know, but it also kind of feels like I mean I love Cap. Everybody knows I love Cap. It just strikes me as like eh, I don't know. It doesn't doesn't quite work for me. Um, the other thing I'd like to bring up, and I know we're trying to wrap up, but I do love that scene where Tony Stark confronts Loki. It's it might be my single favorite scene in the entire. Oh, what you, you know what? You know what though? At the same time, that is one of the worst. The end of that scene is one of the worst. Most just it makes me so vividly angry. It's, it's when, cringy. Yeah. When when he jumps out and everything, and well, not when he gets thrown out, and when he puts the suit on, he is like six inches away from some person's fucking face on the ground. Yeah, he completely burned somebody's face off with a revolver. <laughs> yes, that, there, there's, there's absolutely zero anything. They're like, ah, and then he flies away. And no, but people died right there. That was, yeah, no, that, no, that, yeah. that was, that was a bit, and actually like, there's a, randomly there's a YouTube channel called Corridor Crew, and they recently did a video called Making the Marvel Films R-Rated, and they, I, th- I think, I think, I think that was one of the scenes they tackled. Were the yeah, there were a bunch James of like James Gunn of, had directed the Avengers, no, no, like, no, 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 and no, had an R-rated just, version of it. They're, you know? they're just a bunch of like uh, special effects type guys. Yeah. So yeah, they, yeah. they they edit like there's a scene in uh one of the Captain America movies where he throws his shield and he threw it hard enough that he like hit some guy in the throat and it bounces off and they're like no that guy's head should come off so they do stuff like that and it's it's uh, actually pretty good but yeah. Random show to random. I just I just want to see the scenes where Gwyneth Paltrow gets naked. Yeah, those scenes would be great too. That, that, that's no, not just... the stuff they edited, but you know what? Deep fakes exist, so just yeah. I yeah. just I just love that scene where like Tony Stark kind of comes in and like anytime and and we're, when we get to Iron Man three, I will talk about this a lot. But I love any uh, moment where. Uh, we see Tony Stark like confronting bad guys outside of the armor for all the sort of thematic and terrible things that Tony Stark actually represents. But he's still uh, awesome. Junior as a character, uh, Robert Junior as an actor, and Tony Stark as a character, being willing to kind of walk into a room with a demigod and like 
pour himself a glass of whiskey. Like that's fucking badass. It's it's one of the great well, like moments. And and one of the and one of the one of the great lines from the movie, I have an army. We have a Hulk. When I watched that, when I saw when that in the theater, I heard that I was that was that that gave me chills. That was like you yes, because the Hulk because is, at that point that's all you need pretty much back yet. At that point, there is no Hulk. You know, Mark Ruffalo is just kind of off. Harry Dean Stanton in this, we we almost <laughs> got the episode. Yeah, I was going to mention. Well, yeah, that's true, too. Yeah, because he, he was gone. But Robert Denny, he was, oh, sorry, Tony Stark was confident that and right that he was going to come back. And he did. And just at the, and that's when they, he comes back, talks for like two minutes, and then instantly is like, that's why I'm always angry. And like, then he's the Hulk again. That was... It's, yeah, the, the movies, oh, yeah. The, I, the, the pacing of the movie is good overall. Oh, yeah. good. Uh, uh, Tony Stark has fucking Bruce Banner figured out right from the get go. He's like, he's testing him and stuff. And he's, so, so how do you do oh, yeah. it? Well, like, when he zaps how, him, how, 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 how do you keep it under control? Bongo drums, big bag of weed. What, what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> and then he zaps him. And then that, that's like, that was kind of like uh, on point for Captain America in the movie. When he's zapping him, and Cap's like, "Dude, what are you fucking doing? Like, that's <laughs> like, you that the that's a bad idea." And now, yeah. and then even even to the point where I felt like that was a little bit out of character for Cap, when he's like, "Put on the suit," and like they want to fight each other, but at the same time, the uh, the scepter, the mind stone that no one knows mm-hmm. the mind stone yeah. was getting in their heads and shit. So, but. And then, yeah, then maybe that then justifies the, it. Then the yeah. joke at the end where where you know everything everything goes down. And he's like, "Put on the suit, yeah." <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, that worked too. Yeah, that yeah, was. Yeah. And over there's just so many, so many fucking great moments. Like I again, I, I didn't think I was going to be available this evening, and it just turned out randomly that I was. So I'm very happy. But I so I didn't watch this movie in advance. But now that I've done this, basically as soon as we're done, I think I'm watching the movie. <laughs> I just <laughs> I want to watch yeah, it. Again. No. So that's the joy of a of a podcast like this. You can just rewatch the movie after we talk about it. You know, there's no need oh. to, you know, prepare. It's fine. Yeah, I think it's time to 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 wrap up. Greg, uh, kind of final thoughts? Is yeah, gotta, I'll a few uh, in there. Okay, obviously we very much differ on this movie because you guys are talking about the movie like it's great. Most because you're about, because you're wrong. Yeah, no, I get it. It's I mean, it's certainly possible, but it's probably not. It, it's really not that great of a movie, in my opinion. Uh, most of the stuff you guys are all giddy about and excited about, I didn't find all that exciting. I found most of the movie rather boring and drab. That being said, I am going to end with a positive note. I think this movie is an incredible achievement. I think this movie really earned, you know, I think it was one of the highest grossing movies at the time or wherever it was. It st- still is one of the it highest was, of all it's time. It's the no, 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 seventh no, no. highest grossing film of all time worldwide. This movie really earned it. Like if you look at DC Universe, how they tried to just run right into Batman vs. Superman and Justice League. And it was a goddamn complete mess. I will say this movie is, it's an excellently structured movie. I just personally, from my own opinion, find a, find it to be too slow. I feel... It could be quicker. You could get really just get to the last battle faster. And really it is the best up until then, the best superhero battle put on screen, even though the enemies they're fighting are really rather boring. But this movie just it's incredible to me how the how Disney earned it. They put what was it, four movies ahead of this or five movies ahead of this? And each one built to this movie and it worked. And then further down the line each movie continues to work to Endgame. So the way Disney kind of puts the pieces together to create these epic movies just, to me, works incredibly well. And sort of the buildup to this movie is almost, to me, more impressive than perhaps the actual movie. Just how it all kind of 
the entire world comes together in sort of a way and that really only a company like Disney could do it because they're really the only ones that could afford to do it. So I don't like this movie as much as you guys do. I disagree with you guys on a lot of points, but in terms of its influence, you can't argue that it's just an incredible achievement. Carry your thoughts. I want to be in Toronto right now so I can go to Greg's house and slap him. I can That's slap pretty thought. hard too. So you be careful. <laughs> like, I don't know. I just, I know just like, I, I think the movie's overall really, it still even holds up to this day. The shitty, I'll agree, the alien army is kind of, a, again, like a super big cliche. The portal in the sky, there's so many cliches in this movie, but it's done pretty well. Like, like when they, when they freak out, when like, what is it? When, uh, when do they, when the when they kill one of their guys and they all like they take off their masks and they're like ah screw you and like I know it's it's done decently well as a big alien army I feel like you know even though it is an alien army and that overall I mean concept they're the is, nameless villains that you yeah know, you yeah kind of mow down but as far as like, far as alien is nameless like the scene where the Hulk is like Hulk like that would, again an awesome point in the movie where Captain America's like telling everyone what to do and Hulk smash and hulk's like yeah yeah and jumps up and just like starts like cleaning house there's just so many great points to the movie and just the awesome moments outweigh the very few that are there's no but there's nothing in this movie that's as bad except for that fucking tony stark iron man melting people's faces that didn't happen that's the only thing in this movie that made me mad that's the only thing everything else even up to like the the Final after credit scene. Oh, One of the most yeah, the ra- trauma, random. Trauma and, it, and it was and again that was like what was it I, like? I, that, that was, was tw- trending on Twitter after yeah, that. And, you know, and, like people and, didn't and, know what shawarma and, was. Like this movie taught people what shawarma was. And that was another thing. One of those, I, believe like, was, I believe that was completely improvised. Again, he was like, let's just eat some shawarma for the end of it. And that, that's and they did it. And it was like you're watching the movie because it's a Marvel movie. So you're like, if you're not an idiot, you're like, see till the end. And I always laugh at the number of people that walk out. After the credits, like, are you stupid? Like, what's wrong with you? And like, you stay there, and it's just like, really? That's that's what I waited for. Really? I don't. It was still good. It was still great. But like, really? Because usually, like, not usually, but sometimes it depends. Like again, there's a end of one of the other ones where it's like Tony Stark and uh, Bruce Banner, and Tony Stark's trying to be, yeah. yeah, and he's like, I'm not a psychiatrist, man. What the hell? And but so, but an end actually, Guardians of the Galaxy, Howard the Duck. So sometimes the end credit scenes are just like funny with nothing to do with it, but sometimes they have stuff to do. So you always, so you always still have to stay and watch. But this is one of those times where you didn't have to, but I feel like it was still worth it. It was still funny and good. It was great. Fair enough. Uh, Lee, final thoughts. I don't know what more you'd want out of big budgeted superhero movie. Um, I can sort of side with Greg uh, slightly here where, yeah, you know, you could shave some time off. Definitely. Uh, there, there's definitely some stuff that's just extraneous stuff for for fanboys to geek over like we have been doing in this podcast and you know you could probably take that out without hurting the overall uh flow of the uh the overall story even the first big fight scene like where like um the three uh you know iron man and and cap Mm -hmm. and uh, thor fight like it's clearly there as a sort of like it's a it's an action beat in a movie but there's no reason for it to exist. Ultimately, you could but, cut 15 but, minutes like right but, there. But, that, but no, no, no. No, I'm not that, saying you should. Like exactly, the point that, that I would that land is on is so... the point that I would land on is, and and I'm not trying to be combative, is that the thing that Whedon does well is write things that are like this super effective delivery system for the good stuff that you want to see, and so you forget all the bullshit and the 
interest of getting to the good shit, you know? So yeah, that was The Avengers, a movie that I'm assuming like only four people listening to this have ever seen. So uh, yeah, we should tell people where to find us on the internet. Um, and I'm going to start because I'm that douchebag. Find me on Twitter, at Daniel Lee Harper. I do a podcast about Nazis. It's called I Don't Speak German. I don't speak German. Um, otherwise, uh, Greg, where can we find you on the internet? Uh, you can subscribe to Beer Burglar if you want. I don't really post anything, but maybe one day I will. So if you want to subscribe to me, it doesn't cost you any money. Go for it. So you can find Greg on future episodes of this podcast. That's uh, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's pretty much it. Yes. And if you disagree with my opinion on today's podcast, well, maybe you'll agree with my opinion on future podcasts. So maybe we can still be friends. Yeah, no, <laughs> we're not friends anymore, Greg. It's fine. No, it's fine. Uh, uh, Carrie, where can we find you on the internet? Uh, I'm on the YouTube's Redbeard, spelled Beard, B E E R D, because I'm super witty like that. Uh, Redbeard Gaming on bunch of other platforms that i never really use just follow me on youtube that's your best bet and uh yeah awesome and <laughs> lee where where can we find this podcast and all the other pod hold on do you and i do another podcast i think there might be another podcast that you and i do i can't remember at this point yeah we do a little uh podcast you know uh, that we barely care, care about called uh, They Must Be Destroyed on Site. You can find that in this podcast and any other associated podcasts that we do under tmbdos.podbean.com. Don't find us on YouTube because you'll probably just break down and leave horrible, horrible comments there. Awesome. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, next, I don't even, I didn't even look up what the next uh, MCU film is, but we will, uh, it's probably sometime soon do the next MCU film and, uh, it's going to be glorious. And until then, uh, check us out at, uh, the Masuda struggling site where you can listen to us talk about bullshit. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks to all my guests and, uh, good night. Cheers. Good night. Bye.
You have been listening to Cape Shit. For other episodes, please visit tmbdos.podbean.com. Thank you. Drive through.